Hello and welcome again to Latino in Chicago. This is your host, Eric Lugo. Today we're connecting with Maria del Socorro Pesqueira, President and CEO of Mujeres Latinas en Acción. Founded in 1975, Mujeres empowers Latinas by providing services that reflect their values and culture and by being an advocate on the issues that make a difference in their lives. The agency serves as a beacon for Latinas and their families, serving over 8,000 community residents annually. Maria is celebrating her 15th year as CEO of Mujeres. This is her quinceañera and offers some great insight on her experiences in that time. Today, we hear about Mujeres' services in supporting women and families across Chicago, Maria's journey to the organization and her first experience with domestic violence, the organization's vision for how men can play an active role in ending domestic violence, Maria's approach to leadership and why it's personal, and Mujeres' participation in the Purple Purse Challenge. I do hope you enjoy. Here's Maria. Well, welcome, Maria, to Latino in Chicago. It's great to see you as always, and thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you, Eric. It's a pleasure. Um, I was looking forward to this conversation. Fantastic. So why don't we start by talking a little bit about Mujeres Latinas en Acción and the work mm -hmm. that you all uh, uh, do. Well, Mujeres Latinas en Acción, Latin Women Taking Action, uh, is an organization that was founded in 1973 by a, a group of community women. Um, at the time, um, they were uh, recent college graduates or in college, um, basically uh, becoming involved and engaged in their community. And they looked around and said, you know, women, specifically Latina women, are not involved or engaged in the human service sector. Back then they thought the social service sector or in changes um, that uh, were specific to uh, the needs of the community. Mm -hmm. And um, and so they um, came together to, to, uh, to do just that. Um, our organization um, uh, was, so that seed was originally planted as a result of a conference that took place um, in in the Midwest, it was um, the uh, Chicana Women's Co uh, Conference, and Maria Mangual, our, our founder, attended, and she came back and kind of you know got the conversations going. Um, and um, soon afterwards, these young women um, started with a conference, and it was called La Mujer Despierta, mm -hmm. The Woman Awakens. Mm -hmm. And so it's amazing what happens when you get a group of active, committed women wanting to um, make a difference in their community. Fantastic. And uh, what type of uh, programs does the organization offer? Well, um, our organization um, is, um, is, um, is an organization whose mission is to empower Latinas and their families. And so we do so uh, through two different lenses, the gender violence, prevention and intervention, and the other which is the advocacy and engagement. And so these two lenses or these two rings kind of um, overlap each other. Mm -hmm. And on the um, gender violence, uh, prevention and intervention, domestic violence services that include court advocacy, counseling, outreach, um, and children's therapy uh, for children who have been witnesses to domestic violence. 
as well as um, our rape victim services mirror that. The only other um, item that is included is the um, in the rape victim services is that we partner with uh, hospitals to support their emergency room um, whenever there is um, a victim that comes in, a survivor, we will go there to talk about what a rape kit is. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not there to be interpreters, right? Mm -hmm. We're there to make sure, we're there to be advocates and to make sure that a survivor, specifically a Latina uh, survivor, knows uh, what to expect in the system. And the same thing uh, by our court advocates mm -hmm. in either domestic violence or, or sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, the other ring, um, which is the advocacy and engagement. It is about Latina leadership, um, so the work that we do with women in the community on it really giving them the tools and the skills to sort of strengthen their inner self mm -hmm. to be able to um, become involved and engaged within the outside realm uh, that impacts their community and their family and their community. Um, in the empowerment side of things, the economic empowerment mm -hmm. is really key. Uh, women will either stay in a domestic violence relationship or return to one um, if due to their, e their, uh, their economic needs. Mm -hmm. So we know that Latinas are very entrepreneurial. Uh, and so our Mujeres Empresarias, our Women Entrepreneurship Program, is a micro-entrepreneurship um, service that we provide to have women think about um, their role um, uh, in their micro business and many times our Latina uh, uh, women that we work with already are empresarias, emprendedoras, entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and don't even realize it. You know, they're selling tamales, they're making jewelry and selling it, Jafra, Avon, yeah. vitamins, name it. These mm -hmm. women are looking at ways to make ends meet and they're entrepreneurial. So yeah. how do we help them take it to the next level? Um, so those are sort of the two, the two rings. And in the middle, um, where I see sort of the heart of it, is working with our parents and our youth. Mm. Uh, our, parental, our, our parents program is about providing skill sets um, on how to be um, a positive uh, parent and, and the tools necessary. You know, our children don't come with a manual, um, and then the other part of that that heart um, is specifically working with our youth. Mm -hmm. um, we've got our, it's called Project Youth, Proyecto Juventud. One component is specifically for young women, and another one is for young men. And I've, you can talk about it, see mm -hmm. it as, an inter, as a prevention program. Mm -hmm. We see it as an empowerment mm -hmm. uh, program for our youth. Uh, it's a STEAM uh, curriculum that includes life skills mm -hmm. on gender violence, prevention and intervention, the role that young men can play and what mm -hmm. it means to be a man um, in our in a Latino male, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and also their role as leaders in, um, in, in, our, in their family and their community. Uh, so to me, that's the heart of, of the organization. It's, it's looking at strengthening our parents and strengthening our youth so that the idea of gender violence does not happen, and that empowering, empowering on these two rings mm -hmm. takes hold. Awesome. How did you make your way to Mujeres, Maria? Wow. Um, so, um, you know, Mujeres Latinas en Acción is an organization that, um, in, in the Pilsen community, so Mujeres is located in 
the, our main office in the Pilsen community, um, even though we provide citywide services and we have an, an office in the western suburbs located out of North Riverside, but early on um, the, uh, there's there's been this um, brand, if you will, that um, our our leaders, Latina leaders, have created for the organization. Mm -hmm. And um, early on, when I, I was working at the National Museum of Mexican Art now, that it used to be called the Mexican Fine Art Center Museum, mm -hmm. and I recall the very first time I learned about Mujeres was through um, an exhibit that was being put together that talked about the history of um, of the Mexican-American community or the Mexican community both on both sides of the border. And there was um, uh, a, a part of it, uh, of the exhibit, included uh, Mujeres' role in the Chicano movement, mm -hmm. and, as well as um, the work that was being done across the country. Um, so I obviously fell in love with the mission early on without mm -hmm. ever realizing that I would be so fortunate to work at Mujeres. Um, I knew Maria Mangual, the founder of Mujeres, through the Chicago Foundation for Women, where she was uh, the board president mm -hmm. and, and, and then also staff of CFW. And um, every time she shared the story of the mission and the purpose, um, I could not help, one could not help, mm -hmm. but to say, you're strengthening a woman, you're strengthening a family, you're definitely impacting a community and a nation. Absolutely. Um, you know, you've mentioned Maria Mangual a couple of times. Um, I only had a brief opportunity to interact mm -hmm. with her before she unfortunately passed away. But there was a moment when she specifically pointed to me in a crowd mm -hmm. and said, I'm in this room to support young people like this young guy mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. um, and I had already known about Mujeres, but there was a point when it kind of just locked it in that to mm -hmm. be a partner to this organization in some mm -hmm. type of way mm -hmm. is so important. Not only because I came from a family full of women, right, and mm -hmm. uh, saw their strength in the household, mm -hmm. uh, but also because there was just so much opportunity for us as a community to embrace, mm -hmm. embrace um, and empower, right, mm -hmm. others to, yeah. to, to play an active role. So Absolutely, and the vision that Maria and, and our founding mothers had uh, was was that it was you strengthen a um, a woman, but always with the idea of the next generation, mm -hmm. and what do you do to strengthen that next generation? Mm -hmm. Whether it's preventing or empowering. Mm -hmm. um, actually, the first program we had has ever had was working with runaway youth, mm -hmm. uh, and many folks currently know us and think about us with domestic violence, and we're glad that people know us for our domestic violence work because if a woman um, is in, in a moment of crisis, she will know where to come mm -hmm. or someone will know where to refer to. But um, we're, um, with, with the lens and the, uh, of our founders was always about um, the next generation and strengthening um, our future. Yeah. So you've touched on this a little bit, but what would you ultimately say drives Mujeres' success? Um, I think the drive... Um, for the success, or as, as I reflect on what um, what is it that drives our success, it is the women mm -hmm. and, and individuals that walk through our doors, um, as well as um, so whether it's a, a woman coming walking in um, in a moment of crisis, it takes a lot of courage 
to walk in and, and know what your options are. Um, for a young man uh, coming into through our um, jóvenes con uh, palabra, the young men of the word, you know, it takes a lot of courage to say, you know, I want to be engaged in something positive that it, that includes the role of Latino males mm -hmm. in is from a, a, an area of strength in our community. Mm -hmm. um, so, I our strength uh, comes from uh, nuestra comunidad, nuestra gente. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Um, you know, uh, and and, I'm sorry, and, yeah. and and the other part of the strength of, of when I think about nuestra gente, um, I think of people like Doña Chuy. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, who is a um, a mujer de la tercera edad, a senior mm -hmm. who has um, an ad um, adult daughter um, with disabilities, um, who's retired and a widow, and so involved and engaged in our community, registering people to vote, uh, our promotora de, uh, promotora de salud, and getting information about health. Um, being an advocate on, on issues and, and also lifting other women to be involved with our um, um, Café en Acción, uh, which is our family engagement work. Mm -hmm. So people like Doña Chuy, mm -hmm. um, I think, are part of the strength um, that make up the fabric of uh, the leadership of Mujeres Latinas en Acción. Amazing. And it takes people, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... You know, we were just talking a little bit earlier about October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, and we were also talking a little bit about a lot of the banter right now, especially around the election and things like locker room talk. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'd like to talk about challenges in Chicago, but it might maybe be more relevant to talk generally about uh, challenges of domestic violence. And, you know, you alluded to earlier about the role men and women play in both bringing awareness and uh, creating opportunities to actually end this. Sure. Well, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so one cannot help but stop and think about gender violence in, in uh, our homes, um, in our families and communities. And, um, and, and so the idea of um, how does... You know, domestic violence is about power and control, mm -hmm. right? That's... Um, and when we step back and think about power and control um, over another individual, it could be economic, it could be um, physical abuse, um, it could be verbal psychological abuse. It is a power and control over another individual. Um, the conversation um, that is taking place right now, and you know, I, I'm one that really believes that there, what can um, how does one take um, an opportunity to talk about it from the positive sides mm -hmm. of things? Mm -hmm. And the positiveness of all this is that, yes, unfortunately, there are individuals that there, that are continue to be um, the stalkers, continue to be the abusers, um, but there are also leaders mm -hmm. um, um, that are include men mm -hmm. and boys who will say no. That's not cool. Yeah. You know, that is not what it means to be a man, mm -hmm. right? And um, and so being a um, reowning that, uh, we have men on our board. We have men in our parenting program. We have men who are involved with the work that we do on a day to day, and we have young men 
in, in our youth programs who are amazing uh, folks who learn the idea of respect uh, for themselves and, and, and others. So while one can think of this conversation that is taking place um, nationally about um, locker room talk or non-locker room talk, mm -hmm. uh, it is really, it, I know of that, that um, sexual assault should not be present in the, in the locker room in the boardroom, mm -hmm. in the work environment, in the school, in our communities. Mm -hmm. And men and boys have a role mm -hmm. in, in helping that stop. Mm -hmm. And I know of young men and, um, and men who mm -hmm. are part of that solution. Right. Well, in a lot of ways, you're also actively working to build a generation mm -hmm. of men who have the skill set, right, mm -hmm. to understand what that is, right, and then navigate you know, their own men's circles in ways that allow them to speak up against it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and especially when it comes to Latino men or young men of color, mm -hmm. there are very few spaces for them to speak openly um, about who they are and, and how they are labeled mm -hmm. um, and, and providing the tool sets uh, for our young men to be, and, and the words that the media is. Um, creating an identity for them, or can they own yeah. their own identity, and yeah. what will that be? Yeah. And re even reclaiming the term machismo, mm -hmm. right? What it, to be positive, that uh, a male Latino, a Latino male should, should be about respect, responsibility, as opposed to all the negativity that has been given to, la to Latino men. From um, a prevention and even a treatment slash healing perspective, mm -hmm. what could Chicago improve on in order to be more supportive of survivors of domestic violence or families currently experiencing it? Sure, I think it's being aware uh, and educated on what is domestic violence, mm -hmm. right? Some, that um, domestic violence is, is about power and control, um, understanding that um, whether it's physical, whether it's economical, or the verbal, mm -hmm. uh, that that uh, that folks know that they there is uh, help. Mm -hmm. um, so when I think about what can be done in a city like Chicago, in the Chicago metropolitan area, it is um, uh, for us to say, uh, first of all, that we will not um, allow for um, domestic violence or gender violence in general to be present. Mm -hmm. Whether you are a child, uh, an adult who as a child witnessed domestic violence, mm -hmm. uh, ending that cycle, whether you are uh, currently living with domestic violence, or whether you are um, a brother, a neighbor, an individual hearing talk, mm -hmm. um, that um, you can stand up and say, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, maybe we should transition over to just a uh, conversation about leadership. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always curious what inspires leaders mm -hmm. and, and um, what kind of values they believe are important to bring to this work. Could we start with just talking a little bit about your perspective on leading an organization and the values that make that work? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I, I think... Um, one of the things about um, working at an, an organization that is mostly made up of women by women, 
um, for families mm -hmm. um, is that it is very spherical in nature in the leadership style that is here mm -hmm. with meaning that at different points of these spheres there's accountability mm -hmm. so it isn't a triangle of top-down it is we're we're familia and we're all in this together mm -hmm. and um, and I think that um, for me leadership is personal mm -hmm. right leadership is about what um, charges you up, what inspires you, and what moves you. And it becomes it very much locally as to your own personal experience and where you come from, right? I, I witnessed domestic violence for the very first time in my life when I was 10 years old um, in, in a Western, so in, in Cicero. My mom uh, was giving a ride to one of her best friends, a coworker. We were there with her two daughters and my sister and I. And when we were, we had been out you know, for ice cream and enjoying a beautiful summer afternoon. And we get to her house, drop her and her daughters off, and her husband comes out with a two by four. Mm -hmm. I could not fathom what was happening, what was going on, and um, and I saw the fear in her eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and I recall, um, you know, fast forwarding. Uh, when she created her safety plan that my mom helped her with, you know, what I know, we now know to call a safety plan, yeah. which was, you know, create your own safety, make sure you've got all your legal papers in, in order, uh, make sure you've got, um, so that if you need to leave, um, make sure you've got some, you were able to economically separate yourself from this individual. Um, but I saw the leadership in my father. I saw the leadership in my father saying, this is not okay. Yeah. And and calling out um, her husband uh, when, when he would come looking for her. Mm. And so leadership is personal, and, and it sometimes is about doing things that, that is not about, that, that, that does take courage. Yeah. Um, and, um, but, it, but it means, um, what is it that, what are the values? that you have um, that will build that strength and courage. Mm -hmm. um, so, at, but, so that's on a personal, on an organizational level, to me leadership is bringing your personal values in and respect um, uh, uh, and what it is we're all trying to accomplish mm -hmm. uh, and making sure that, that there's communication in place, that there is a strategy in place, um, and that we all understand the mission that we're all trying to move together and again, those points of accountability, where do, where do we all play in meeting that mm -hmm. strategy and mm -hmm. helping us meet that mission? Are there things you're doing differently now than when you started as CEO of Mujeres? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, when you think about, you know, I've been at Mujeres 15 years this year, and it's a joke, it's my quinceanera. <laughs> and, uh, and Actually, that would be a fun party for you. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, so I think, you know, I think it's my quinceanera, you, you know, I think in 15 years you kind of come of age and you, you feel a little more comfortable in your own skin. Sure. And um, when I first came to Mujeres, um, our budget was um, much smaller than it is now. We had about uh, 12 to 15 people on, we had about 15 people on staff. Um, yeah, 12 to 15. And we're now um, 
full-time, 32, part-time, about 50. We have three different locations, an all-youth facility. Mm. Um, you know, we went through a capital campaign. Mm. We've got an office in, in the western suburbs. We're doing work in the schools, both in, uh, in Chicago and the western suburbs. So there's been a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think that um, it would not have been possible without this amazingly strong team that believed in the mission, mm -hmm. that included board, staff, and volunteers. Um, and I think um, when I first came in, um, I was too worried about um, what's the process on how things need to be done, mm -hmm. as opposed to, it's all right, we're, re we're inventing this as we're going. Yeah. We're writing our own book. And I think we're, I'm comfortable enough now to say, you know what, that model might not fit our community. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so the difference is that that model uh, is based on data, information about our community, where is our community moving to? And that in itself gives us the courage for that leadership to make the difficult decisions mm -hmm. um, on where do we go, where do we not go, what do we provide services for, what do we tweak. Yeah. Uh, are there any books you're reading right now that are helping you think about your work? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's interesting because I just um, started reading the, the book by uh, Peter Drucker, The Five Most Important Things. Um, uh, you should know about your organization. Mm -hmm. so like the five essential okay. questions um, you should ask about your organization. And I uh, picked it up as we were um, um, finishing up on our, <laughs> we should have picked it up right before this, but <laughs> picked it up right after we were finishing um, the work on our strategic plan. Okay. But I did that because it, it was sort of, well, did we ask the right questions? And, um, and so the, the book is very much around um, nonprofit leadership mm -hmm. and uh, the strategies and the mission that that really need to take priority. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I um, I have to say that uh, as I reflect on on this book and I reflect on the work that we're doing on a day to day, mission um, is part of our corazón, mm -hmm. right? and and it's really about strengthening, empowering mm -hmm. uh, Latinas and their families. Mm -hmm and figuring out the strategies based on data. Yeah. Um, you're just coming off of a fellowship, right, with Chicago Community Trust? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. How has that helped you think about your vision for Mujeres as you go into the future? Sure. Uh, well, I was very fortunate and so grateful to the Chicago Community Trust in, in this opportunity to um, provide uh, with an, um, time and resources um, to really look at myself as an individual, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes we as executive directors, CEOs of nonprofits, mm -hmm. uh, especially in our community, become so uh, completely tied in um, with, um, and with the day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we have to remember we're our own individuals in there. Mm -hmm. and, um, and through this fellowship, it, um, it really it allowed for sort of doing some inward thinking, uh, while at the same time learning more about, um, uh, I wanted to know more about, uh, well, what are the models out there on micro-entrepreneurship for Latinas? Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I had the opportunity to learn about some of those models. And that on the personal level, 
um, the trust really um, encourages, or at least the way the fellowship was set up, to also look at well, some, what are some of the things about you personally. And, um, and it gave me a chance to step back and do some writing on, um, uh, or begin some writing specifically on my family um, mm -hmm. and uh, as being a, a Mexican immigrant mm -hmm. who have roots. My father's family comes from Veracruz. Uh, Yanga Veracruz, which is the first free town of slavery in all of the Americas. Yeah. And with everything happening um, in the States, um, uh, uh, specifically with uh, young people of color, mm -hmm. um, African Americans um, specifically, how does that all play in with mm -hmm. who we are mm -hmm. as a people and how we can all be working together for justice? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of reflection took place during that time, and um, and I think it recharged uh, my work and okay. and relooking at what, what we're doing here on a day to day in my role here. I'm uh, I'm trying to envision what a recharged Maria Pesqueda looks like because I feel <laughs> like you I've always known you to be so charged up, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, but it's it's great to hear that you came off of that refreshed and thinking maybe a little differently about. Your role moving forward, and also a little calmer about yeah, things too. Yeah. There are some things that that you know I we have control over, yeah. and some things that we might take a few steps to get to, and uh, and it's okay if there are a few steps as opposed to jumping right yeah. into it. So, final question: uh, How can folks help? Um, you know, as we think about um, October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, mm -hmm. I encourage people um, to um, think about what role they can play. Uh, beginning with being aware that one in three women uh, will uh, live with domestic violence in some point in their lives. And so that could mean your neighbor, your sister, yourself, um, or um, someone that you're working with. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that it is something that we all can, one, become aware of, and two, help stop. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I would encourage this being October. And of course, um, Mujeres is part of this Purple Purse campaign and thinking about it from an economic stance. So I would um, go online uh, to our Facebook or to our webpage and learn about the Purple Purse campaign, specifically about the economics um, and the impact that um, uh, women will not leave a domestic violence situation or have to return to one because of the economic uh, um, abuse mm -hmm. or um, lack of economic resources. Absolutely. We'll make sure to push that out as we launch the podcast. Great. Thanks so much for your time, Maria. Thank you, Eric. This is a lot of fun. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. That was Maria Pesqueda, CEO of Mujeres Latinas en Acción. Before you jump off, we've got a few quick calls to action. Mujeres is currently in their last week of the Purple Purse campaign. I hope you'll visit Conciencia's site, Mujeres' site, or the National Purple Purse Challenge site and give. Your donation, no matter the size, will go a long way in supporting the economic freedom of survivors of domestic violence. Also, we need your help in spreading this message. Please share the podcast with friends, family, and coworkers. Let's end Domestic Violence Awareness Month with a final push of contributions to this great organization. As always, your reviews in iTunes help others hear what we're up to, so please also take a moment and give us a five-star review. I hope you enjoyed, and until next week, peace.